Hello, and welcome to a more perfect podcast. Today, we'll be talking about something that happened to me in my own life. I turned 20 a short while ago, and I went to the most magical place on Earth, Disney World. Specifically, I went to Disney Hollywood. You know, there's a few different parks at Disney World. Magic Kingdom is the big shebang. Uh, Disney Hollywood is where they keep all their other movies maybe their acquired properties, etc. I went to Disney Hollywood for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. In short, this this episode's going to be about why you should not go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in the near future, or any of the Disney parks for that matter. It truly was the most disappointing place on Earth. Come at me, Disney. I'm not even kidding. Like, send your goons after me. Like, I am, I am so angry at what happened to me there. But it really ties in to a sinister element in our society, actually. Like, I was sitting there thinking about how mad, how pissed off I was after my experience at Disney World, and then I realized that, holy crap, I just experienced the effects of what I've been talking about on this podcast for some time now. So I'm going to get into that in this episode. Before that... Though, before all that, I've got a few housekeeping announcements to make. Number one is you can now contact me and this podcast. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram at The Amp Show. And also, you can email me at moreperfectmail at gmail.com. All those contacts will be linked in the podcast description. One more story before we get to our main story of this episode. I was relaxing the other day. I know, I know. I actually relax. Big, mind blown. And I was I was just chilling, watching Netflix, right? And, and I wanted to watch a specific movie about a boxer named Rocky. Rocky Balboa. I wanted to watch the Rocky movies. But you know what? I couldn't find the Rocky movies on Netflix. They weren't there. And I was like, oh, well, how the heck are they not there? And then I I look it up, and apparently they are on Netflix. The Rocky movies are on Netflix, but they're on the Chilean version of Netflix. So I was like, oh, what the heck will I do? So I went on Surfshark VPN, and I connected to a Chilean server on Surfshark VPN. And guess what? I was able to watch the Rocky movies. That's right. If you get Surfshark VPN, you will be able to unlock all the shows that you've been missing on Netflix. That's right. All the shows that you've been missing on Netflix can be accessed through Surfshark VPN. Plus, on top of that, you get 81% off. Support the show, get Surfshark VPN, unlock all the Netflix shows that you have been missing. Okay, with all that out of the way, why shouldn't you go to Disney? Why shouldn't... You, as a Star Wars fan, you've been watching the movies all your life. You've been, you've seen all the shows. You've seen Clone Wars. You've seen Rebels. You've seen, you, you, you might have even seen the Star Wars holiday special. I will be linking that because George Lucas tried to delete it. Um, but you, you've seen all these movies. Why shouldn't you go to Star Wars Park? I mean, it just seems like the logical conclusion, right? Wrong. You've gotta, you've gotta listen to this. So. I was really excited. I just turned 20 years old, you know, and I was kind of ready to embrace my my childhood again and go to Walt Disney World. So 
we're cooped up in a hotel, you know, kind of planning our day at Disney World. And like, I'm looking at images of this park. I've I've been watching videos of this park since it was announced in 2015 that they were building it. And it, and it took them a freaking long time to build it, but they finally did. And man, I've been watching videos of this park. I've been looking at images of this park. I was really, really excited to visit this park. I mean, literally, I was going to Disney Hollywood, but I was going to spend all my day in Star Wars World if if that is what it took to look at every nook and cranny of what they had built. Because, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm a super fan, okay? So, I was, um, I was going there, and I'm walking through the gate, and this is at the tail end of the COVID pandemic. I mean, this was very recently. This was this was in, you know, early May. And they, and they have this mask mandate. They have got the social distancing going on. That's okay. That's fine. You know, my, my politics can be set aside for one day to visit Star Wars land. And I'm walking in and I noticed something that the employees are being very, very rude. All of them, multiple employees. I mean, there was one that was just like Soviet in enforcement of his social distancing instructions. He was like forcing people to literally stand on the social distancing line. Look, I don't mind. I I, I didn't mind, as I just implied. I didn't mind that Disney had a mask mandate. But literally, they were, they were Naziing people to adhere to the guidelines, and it was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. And so I'm, I'm walking through the park, making sure my mask isn't slipping up below my nose, because literally, if it slipped below your nose for literally a minute, they would come up to you, and I kid you not, I exaggerate not, yell at you to put your mask on. They'd be like, "Put your mask on now, buddy." And I'm like, whoa, 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 good God, like, holy crap, take cover. It was, it was stupid. It was so stupid. And so I'm, I'm looking for the Star Wars park. I'm, I'm walking through Disney Hollywood, you know, walking past all their mythical, you know, Hollywood stuff. Um, they, they try to kind of portray a 50s Hollywood almost, um, before it went all, you know, communist. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm walking through and... I'm, you know, sifting my way through the crowds. People. I finally get to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's what it's formally called. You know, Star Wars World is what I call it. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is what it is actually named. And I walked into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So let's just, you know, let's just get the positives out of the way first. They really nailed, mostly. They mostly nailed the environment. I mean, it was absolutely incredible what they did with this park. They have built a life-sized Millennium Falcon. I kid you not. A life-sized Millennium Falcon. You, you've got to see it for yourself. I'm going to link images to it in the source notes so you guys can check it out. It's really cool. They also have, you know, sound effects of the ships kind of like flying above you almost. Like, like you can hear the TIE fighters roar. You can also see the Stormtroopers and Kylo Ren's also there. They also have all those ships standing there. Like like when you first enter the park, they have an Imperial Cruiser. 
And if you walk through the park, off to the side, there's also a X-Wing, which whose wings aren't expanded, so that's kind of disappointing, but, you know, whatever. They, at least they have an X-Wing. And it was it, it was it was pretty cool, you know. They really nailed the uh, the the architecture of the buildings too. Was amazing. There's this there's this area of the park called the uh, Black Spire Outpost, and it has all these like lanterns hanging down from you know the the archway, and um, the, these these cool like alien shaped lamps, and you know like they, they have wood carvings of some of the Star Wars aliens it's 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 really nice it really is quite the architectural wonder unfortunately that's about where my positives end with this i kid you not as a star wars mega fan that is where my positives end so you know that this park was not that great i mean i'm serious in saying that look at the images of the millennium falcon wait to see it yourself this was so disappointing so first off I said mostly great environment. A big knock, the first knock I got on the environment was they don't have any Star Wars music. There's no Star Wars music in the freaking park. That's right. No George Lucas blessings to my ears. There's no Imperial March theme when the Stormtroopers come out. There's no Kylo Ren theme when Kylo Ren comes out. There's nothing. There's not even ambient space music in the park. It's sad. It really is really sad. There's no rebel theme when Ray comes out. And there's, it's, 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 the, the ambient Star Wars music is just completely missing. Another thing is that I, I assume, I, I, I can just chalk this one up to, you know, maybe social distancing guidelines gone crazy. All the characters are up on platforms now. So when you see Ray, or Chewbacca, Kylo Ren, maybe the First Order Stormtroopers, they make an appearance too. They're up on platforms. You can't put your arm around a Stormtrooper and take a picture with them. Even though everybody's mingling around in the park, the employees themselves are down with the people in the park. You know, obviously kind of, you know, enforcing the ride, lines, um, maybe manning the shops, etc. So there's really, the the logic is very inconsistent if you wanted to keep the characters themselves up on platforms. I mean, that's just kind of a damper to the magic. Like, imagine you're a little kid and you wanted to, your dream was to take a picture with Ray Palpatine or maybe take a picture with Han Solo. You, you can't do that. You just can't do that. And that sucked. Big time. Like, I couldn't even take a picture at I, I I couldn't even take a picture with Chewbacca, and I was literally at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Like it was it was so stupid. Also, the employees themselves that are on the ground aren't even dressed up in stormtrooper outfits. They aren't, or rebel outfits for that matter. You know what they're dressed in? They're dressed in generic desert garb. That's it. Kind of brown rags. And they have, I don't know exactly how to describe them, but, but they have little hats on too that are just generic desert Star Wars, maybe Tatooine hats. Tatooine's a desert planet in Star Wars. I, I just realized this episode's not going to make a lot of sense to somebody who has not seen Star Wars, but maybe it will. And it's just really generic, not very specific Star Wars garb. 
it really kind of ruins the immersion. But, I mean, it's, it's not really that bad. Until you actually start to dig into it. So, they have a lightsaber building shop. And I went in there. I, I didn't end up building a lightsaber because it's... Oh man, I want to say $200 to build your own plastic lightsaber. You can also build your droid for like 100 bucks minimum, I think. And then you can probably add stuff onto that. So it probably goes above $100. I wasn't going to spend, you know, all that on one thing. I wanted to, you know... I literally went in there willing to spend 150 max on a couple of different items, right? I was I was ready um, to, to burn my wallet at this park. But... I didn't end up doing it because the merchandise sucked. I was so dedicated to this park, I literally looked up the merchandise before we went just to make sure I wouldn't miss anything in the shops because I, you know, I, I don't want to not enter a shop and, you know, miss some gear that I would really want, you know, some Star Wars Galaxy's Edge exclusive gear, even though the Galaxy's Edge stuff isn't really exclusive at all because Disney started selling it outside of the park. The gear is not that great. Even the mugs aren't that great. The shirts are poorly designed. I mean, th there's no, there's not even generic Star Wars logo, right? There's not even the movies on the shirts. No, there's there's some shirts that say Black Spire Outpost, but if we're being honest here, who the hell is going to know what Black Spire Outpost is? They're going to think you're wearing a freaking video game t-shirt, not something from Disney. Like, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's very poorly thought through it seems like this park was almost an afterthought it's that bad like the merch is that bad oh yeah you you can't even enter the star wars cantina and i don't even know if they have bands playing they probably don't because disney's just psycho with their mandates again i don't mind but i, I just mind when you enforce them like a nazi they were just straight up rude to me they yelled at me multiple times because I tried to take a picture with my mask off in the Millennium falcon they were just so rude but but you had to get in this electronic queue this is my last thing before I get into what really ruined it and, and how it ties into the sinister aspect in our culture. They were requiring you to do this electronic queue thing to enter all of the restaurants, as I said earlier, like the Star Wars Cantina, and to enter the rides as well. So what would happen is they would do an announcement over the announcement system saying, Star Wars Smuggler's Run is now open, you know, Star Wars... Uh, actually, they didn't, they didn't really do announcements for Smuggler's Run, which was the Millennium Falcon ride. They did do announcements for Star Wars Rise of the Rebellion, which was their kind of showcase ride or whatever. And you would get on your phone, access the Disney app, and then put yourself in the queue, sign your family up, and then hopefully you got in the queue. Well, the queue obviously filled up within one minute because the whole park got on their phones at once, and then boom, everybody tries to get on this queue. It, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. I never got to ride Rise of the Rebellion. Maybe my opinion would have changed, but that's not my fault. They just have terrible infrastructure at Disney. I, I totally blame it on Disney because we actually did get in the queue. We actually were filling out our forms less than a second after the queue opened. And then it glitched and kicked us out. So thanks a lot, Disney. Your infrastructure sucks. And I was never able to ride Rise of the Rebellion. But, you know, whatever, whatever. I did get to ride the other ride, which was called um, On the Millennium Falcon. It was called Smuggler's Run. And that ride was, it was, it, it was pretty good. 
but it wasn't it wasn't that great. So so I was walking through the line at or I was waiting in the line at Star Wars Smuggler's Run. And the employees, first off, were super, super rude to, to everyone there. I mean, people were visibly getting pissed off at the employees. They were back talking to the employees. Not, not, not much. I mean, most people wouldn't. Like, it wasn't like, oh, the employees were just getting, getting pushed around and then understandably getting, you know, kind of angsty with the customers, even though, you know, maybe as customer service, you would expect that they would have a little bit of patience. No, it, it, it wasn't like that. Generally, people would comply. No, pe- people were being yelled at because they would leave their designated little line in line. They would be harped at to put their mask on. Little children were corralled back to their parents because they would walk away. It was this strict. It was this horrible at Disney Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So I'm waiting in line. And the first time I didn't really notice it, but the second time it really started to bother me. In line, they have kind of the lore to the right, you know, the, the kind of the backstory of, you know, the mission you're going to be going on or whatever. They might have, you know, some spaceships that, you know, flip and, you know, do, do the light shows or whatever. And, and, and they had all these things. But you know who was piloting the Millennium Falcon? It was this alien pirate called Hondo. And Hondo the Pirate is a character in the Clone Wars series. He was also in Star Wars Rebels. He doesn't really make that much, that that big of an appearance. But Hondo, instead of Han Solo, was piloting the Millennium Falcon. Everybody knows Han Solo pirates the Millennium Falcon. Not Hondo the Pirate. And I was like, okay, where the hell is Han Solo? Like, you would expect to meet Han Solo, or at least Chewbacca. Maybe even Poe Dameron, who was one of the, kind of the, I'm going to say it, he was the knockoff Han Solo in Disney Seagull Trilogy. You would expect to even meet those, or maybe even Luke Skywalker in the Millennium Falcon as you're walking through it. Nope, none of that. None of that. No, just Hondo the Pirate. It was ridiculous. And then I started to notice something else. So, okay, there's, so there's no Han Solo. Wait a second. Where is Luke Skywalker? There's no Luke Skywalker. And it wasn't like they were not on the Millennium Falcon and then in other parts of the park either. No, there was no Luke Skywalker in any other part of the park except for in one of the shops, there was like a big bust, like a bust statue of the sequel trilogy version of Luke Skywalker. And it was worth like $500. I kid you not, that was the only Luke Skywalker thing that you could get in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that was like I that, that's the only one that I saw and I looked at all the merch Han Solo totally missing you couldn't even buy Han Solo's blaster it was ridiculous I'm telling you this is just not worth it it, it, it is a Chinese knockoff anyways you, you, so there's no Han Solo no Luke Skywalker even on the shirts you know there's there's there was there's Princess Leia shirt, so you can't tell me that it was beca- it, it was because of the setting that there was no Han Solo or Luke Skywalker there. There there was Princess Leia on the shirts, but there was no Luke Skywalker on the shirts. You know her own brother, whatever. There was no Count Dooku, there was no Anakin Skywalker, no Obi Wan Kenobi, none of this. So what do Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, Count Dooku, 
Poe Dameron all have in common. They're all white males. And this was when it occurred to me. You see, a few days before I actually, I, th I think it was the day before I traveled to Disney Hollywood to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, some leaked documents came out. And these leaked documents exposed Disney World for what they were doing behind the scenes. It's a diversity, equity, and inclusion infestation of Disney World. Oh, now, before I really harp on this, I want to make it clear. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are not the reasons why I'm telling you not to go to Disney. The reasons why I'm not the reasons why I'm telling you not to go to Disney is they obviously have a lot of work to do on the park. It's not a very good experience, even if you try to make it a good experience. The merch isn't that great. The employees are incredibly rude in enforcing the mask mandate. I, I, I was screamed at for taking my mask off in the Millennium Falcon ride when I dared to want to take a selfie in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. How dare I ever try to take a selfie in the Millennium Falcon? How often do you even get in the Millennium Falcon? Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime picture. <laughs> you gotta take it. It's ridiculous. They, they literally said, even when you're taking a photo, don't take your mask off. You keep your mask on in the photo. They would yell at little kids to keep their mask on. The science says little kids can't even transmit the coronavirus. It's ridiculous how mean they were. I left there feeling worse than when I walked in. That is why you shouldn't visit Disney World in the near future. Not because of the diversity, equity, and inclusion. But the diversity, equity, and inclusion, I believe, explains why there's no Luke, why there's no Han Solo, why there's no Count Dooku, why there's no Obi-Wan. None of those characters. Why a bunch of the lore is missing and why Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is lacking. So these leaked documents were obtained by a journalist called Christopher F. Rufo. And Christopher F. Rufo was given these documents by a whistleblower within the Disney Corporation, which obviously controls Disney+, Plus, the Disneyland Parks, as well as, you know, all the corporate operations of Disney because, you know, Disney controls the world. These racial diversity, equity, and inclusion documents are incredibly toxic. As I went over in the last episode, this is how critical race theory inserts itself into your organization, your institution, your job, etc. Diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are the virus. They are the virus. You need to avoid them at all costs and destroy them at all costs if they are already infecting, subverting, and destroying where you work. I kid you not. It's evil. It is evil. How evil is it? Well, let's look at these documents. These documents are called Reimagine Tomorrow, Where We All Belong, Walt Disney Company. So, Reimagine Tomorrow, the document is titled Allyship for Race Consciousness. Again, in the last episode, I remarked how allies are what they call themselves when they stand up for all those oppressed black people. 
I'm not going to read through all the documents. Maybe I'll make a separate episode, but I, it, it, I, it would take me like an hour to interpret all the jargon because they literally, they're speaking in English all right, but they don't use words the same way we use words. Diversity doesn't mean diversity. Inclusion doesn't mean inclusion. Equity certainly does not mean equality. But most people wouldn't know that. Most people don't speak the quote-unquote woke language or the critical social justice jargon, but I do. Let me just point out something in the first sentence that exposes Disney's bigoted racism. The document says, first sentence, page two, many of us are wondering how we can step up to support black colleagues and promote racial justice. Think of this guide as one of the many starting points to becoming an ally. Ally is cultist. Throughout this guide, we have been intentional about addressing both white and non-black people of color allies because each group can extend different and distinctive types of allyship. You, you, you see the intersectional influence there. While this is not an exhaustive list, there are three critical components to being an ally. Learning, reflecting, and engaging. It continues, you know, it, it also says, do not rely on your black colleagues to educate you. This is emotionally taxing. Take ownership of educating yourself about structural anti-black racism in the current and historical context. Opt for sources from black authors, journalists, and organizations. I kid you not. It says those things right next to each other. It says, opt for sources from black authors, journalists, and organizations. But then it also says, don't rely on your black colleagues to educate you. This is emotionally taxing. Again, this is, this is straight critical race theory. It's not supposed to logically make sense. This is critical theory, everyone. You, you have to drop your what you think is logical here. Imbibe yourself with what the cult believes to truly understand it. You must speak the language to be able to be immune to the manipulations. It's the only way. I've, I've thought about this for at least since October or last year. I've been studying this nonstop every single day. The only way to be immune is to, in effect, vaccinate yourself against the virus. Learn how to, learn how to fight it. Okay. So I want to talk about why is this racist? It's called the soft bigotry of low expectations. The soft bigotry of low expectations is, in effect, when you say, oh, you need help. You're weak. You're not strong enough. Let me help you. Let me help you. And let me pad the way for you because you deserve special treatment because of your lower status. They're calling black people less because of the color of their skin. They're saying, oh, you've been, you've been disadvantaged from the beginning and we need to help you. We need to help you and we need to pad your way because you're not strong enough. They think that black people aren't strong when they do this. They think that black people, people of non-white skin color are less. Not, not, not to even mention, not to even mention that the colloquial understanding of racism, again, not their understanding of racism, but the colloquial understanding of racism would see racism against white people. But you have to understand that they don't see their discrimination against white people as racism, okay? That's why they say that's not racism. Again, that's that's a whole other episode. It has to do with the understanding of racism according to critical race theory. The soft bigotry of low expectations, they are, in short, 
assuming that black people are less. Assuming that they need special preferential treatment because of their systemically determined place in society. And man, th I, I gotta tell you guys, this, this document is long. It's long. It says uh, further on in the document, do not question or debate black colleagues' lived experience. For example, are you sure they meant it th that way? It's not a race thing or I'm playing devil with advocate. Instead, reserve judgment and offer statements of validation if somebody shares their experience. Basically, if you're not black, shut up when a black person talks because that would be using your privilege over their structurally disadvantaged position. It's a weird upside down world once you imbibe yourself with critical race theory and once you get infected with the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative. They also talk about implicit bias, another thing that I talked about in the last episode, implicit bias based upon a bunk psychological test that where they just assume that you're racist because of your eye movements. I'm going to do an episode about that in the future. Again, too long to explain here. It's, it's ridiculous. They also talk about Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, you know, the the icons of this movement because it is kind of like a, re a religion. I kid you not, where, for instance, white privilege would be their original sin, as Robin D'Angelo writes in White Fragility, which I had the awful experience of reading. <clears throat> oh my god, it's, it's so disgusting. I mean, like, if, 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 if you want to be sick, read that book. Implicit bias, microaggressions, everything's in here. It's disgusting. Well, a few days afterward, I'm happy to report... They took down their racial justice page at Disney. But you know what they didn't take down? You know what they didn't take down? Stories matter. So there's another website that's obviously a effect of their diversity, equity, and inclusion behind-the-scenes push that was previously unknown to us before this whistleblower came out. They came out with Stories Matter, and they started putting up warnings on the kids section of their subscription service, Disney+. Plus. They took away... I kid you not, they took away Dumbo, they took away Peter Pan, they took away all these classic movies, these hallmarks of Disney because of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Specifically, they thought they were portraying things wrong. Disney, Disney was being offensive. Obviously, it's total bullcrap. But now, you can't even access those. You're popped up with a big warning that tells you to go to Stories Matter. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. There's a result of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's still not gone. Don't be mistaken. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is not gone at Disney. It's still there. Stories Matter is still there. The warnings are still there. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, going back to my original point, is the reason why the white male experience is not elevated. <laughs> they would rather destroy the lore of Star Wars rather than elevate a white male. Even though that's the lore of Star Wars. That's how it was written. No, 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 we can't do that. We, we, we can't even have Han Solo by Chewbacca. It's awful what they did. Let's see if I can find it here. Let's see if I can find an element of representation. Okay, so representation. It says that you should recognize their accomplishments and that you should elevate black experiences all that is representation according to the intersectional hierarchy which it says i'm, I'm going to read a section from the document here 
Have you heard of the term intersectionality? Basically, it's the way in which different forms of discrimination overlap. For example, a black person who's also a member of the LGBTQ community or a Chinese American who is disabled face different and greater discrimination than someone who carries one marginalized identity. You know what? I, I can't leave this alone for another episode. Intersectionality reduces human beings to sociological categories. It takes away the human in them and says that the only thing that you can be sure of, the only truth in your world is your suffering, not your humanity. How much you suffer is the only truth. It's dark stuff. It's dark stuff. According to this intersectional hierarchy, white males are the most privileged in our society. Therefore, to elevate the black experience would be to not have white males like Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan at the center of the park. Rather, it would be to destroy the lore, destroy the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge attraction in favor of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Intersectionality spawns a concept known as diversity in the critical race theory influence diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. I mean, it's literally in the name, diversity. Diversity doesn't mean what we think it means. So diversity means, in short, to elevate activists that continue to make everything about racism, everything about privilege and power dynamics to the forefront of an organization. It doesn't mean diversity of thought or diversity of opinion, which, you know, can yield a better outcome in a project. If somebody if somebody disagrees, then you can kind of reform the product in maybe the marketing room. This diversity of opinion, it, it, it yields a better outcome, right? No, it's, it, it's, it's not that kind of diversity. It's diversity of those with marginalized experiences, those that meet the politics of intersectionality, of critical social justice, of critical race theory, are diverse. Diversity to a diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative is about elevating activists, promoting critical race theory. It's a very different diversity. I just had to make that note there. In some, diversity were in Disney. Diversity is the reason Star Wars Galaxy's Edge sucked. It's the most disappointing place on Earth. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Don't go to Disney. Don't go to Disney anytime in the near future. They're rude and they're racist. Once again, I encourage you to support the show, Surfshark VPN. Keep your internet safe from big tech corporations. Stay tuned for the next episode in my continued assault against the enemies of America, the enemies of liberty. Share this show with all your friends. And, as always, have a more perfect day.